0: Welcome to Chat Tsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chad Tsunami. My name's Sad and joining me today is the one and only connoisseur of bad movies himself, Craigie C. Craigie C, welcome back. Thank you, thank you for having me on. I am thrilled to be talking about bad movies,
1: so let's get straight into it.
0: That's not what you said when I suggested this episode <laughs> Please stop calling me. I've changed my phone number three times. That's what I've got you saved as on my phone. Craigie, please stop phoning me for the love of God. See? <laughs> That's how I know it's an important call. <laughs> But when I call you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to review bad films. I was like, that's not the way this works, okay? <laughs> you come to me. So, as we've talked about on the podcast before, you and I have a long-standing history of talking about bad films and consuming them, as it were, because you used to run a absolutely fantastic night of bad movies. <laughs> that's all I could describe <laughs> it as on a base level. Because some of them were great, some of them were bad, but that went on for quite a while, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I think we got pretty much like two years worth of time out of that, I think we did, we did it more or less weekly, for about two years. Yeah, it could have gone on for a lot longer to be fair. Oh, well I mean, probably for the best it got, for everyone's sake, it got retired eventually, but you know, one one day I want to bring it back because i got a whole bunch of new films we haven't watched yet. Yeah, I remember there was a couple you kept saying,
0: oh we've got this we've got that, but this is actually something that I was discussing with Andrew, I remember it was years ago, I think it was when the Woeful Wedding days were still going on, and I was telling him about where I was going and everything, and he was saying, why are you watching bad films on purpose? And first of all, I was like, it's none of your damn business what I do, I'm a (laughs) taxpaying adult. But second of all, it was enjoyable, which is really weird to say, because nowadays if you see a bad film, or play a bad game, you know, you're not as likely to finish are you,
1: yeah, and I, th- I think part of why I wanted to do it as a group thing was it seems so much more enjoyable when there's lots he's doing. I don't think I could sit and watch tons of bad movies on my own. I do get a, a, a sick enjoyment out of them, but it's so much funnier when it's lots of people enjoying the joke and not just you sitting in the house and you're on it in the morning That's
0: true. I mean, I've been there with Birdemic, I know the pain. <laughs> Just with a tub of Ben and jetties. <laughs> <laughs> Where did my life go wrong? For the new, Craig, talk about did to me. I mean, you can move house, but I'll still find you to talk <laughs> about pandemic. <laughs> but yeah, you're completely right. It is one of those things that I think nowadays has been solidified as something that is very much more enjoyed as a group as opposed to watching them on your own and this leads me very nicely into what we're going to be talking about today. So if you hadn't guessed by now, run now while well, you still can but today we're going to be talking about the wonderful world of not just bad films but the age-old question of what makes a bad film good and it is something that you might think oh it's a bit of a paradox you know bad film is a bad film but there's some that just loop around into being just completely completely silly fun, but have you ever had one of those moments, Craig? Before we actually get into the discussion Have you ever had a moment where you've been watching a film and then you think, my
1: god, films can be bad? Yeah, I don't really know what started the whole Wednesday thing for that, but I do. Pretty much as we got into watching them together I think every single one of these terrible, terrible films has some kind of deep down redeeming quality, and I think that's what makes them so good, is that they're not. We'll get into it, but any film that has at least a spark of joy seems to be good enough its own way. I think a lot of it as well was that kind of enjoyment of a group and I think it was Red Letter Media was probably the people that got me into that like their YouTube channel they would do like best of the worst and they would do terrible movies together and that was kind of part of it what made me go wow this stuff actually looks really 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 funny why am I not watching this why am I wasting my time watching quote unquote good film?" when I could be watching schlock what like Citizen Kane Citizen Kane is absolute schlock no um
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh as someone who hasn't watched it I am deeply
1: offended (laughs) on someone's behalf I don't know (laughs) no it's good it's a good film but you know I mean like you see all these every year when the Oscars come round and it's like all the films at the Oscars and you're like most of these look a bit naff and then you see like Tammy and the T-Rex which is like one of the ones that we watch where it's like a girl's boyfriend gets his head (laughs) His brain transplanted into a T-Rex and they still fall in love and run away together. And yeah, that's the kind of story that Hollywood's too afraid to
0: tell. He saw the picture of the T-Rex and they thought, his story needs to be told.
1: (laughs) We need to tell this. We need
0: to tell. This is going to be the magnum opus of my life, okay? yeah see for a second there when you said Tammy and the T-Rex I genuinely th- this is how bad it is because there's so many I wouldn't say copycats <laughs> but very similar films I thought you were talking about Theodore Rex which is the Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> like cyberpunk detective
1: thing that film went out of my brain until right now that was a whole bunch of memories just came flooding back all at once
0: <laughs> You and me both, because I forgot what you said oh Tammy and t rex I thought, was that the Whoopi Goldberg film? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I mean, I have to say, my history with the bad films goes even further back, unfortunately, because I used to have a flatmate who, he was a nice guy, don't get me wrong, absolutely lovely guy, but he had this very weird thing that... One day, we were chatting, we were up quite late, and then he turned around and he said, I want to watch a bad movie. And I was like, oh, right, okay, you know, stereotypical bad movies, like, you know, Transformers or something. He goes, no, 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 no. I want to watch a really, really... I want to watch the worst of the worst. So it got to a point where he was scouring the worst of the worst on IMDb. I'm not going to lie. There's some films that I had to watch which should never be watched by another human because of just how utterly dross. Yeah, there was a really, there was just so many weird ones. I mean, there was Santa with muscles, which honestly looked like Citizen Kane compared to some of the ones I watched. I watched this utterly horrific one called Ben and Arthur. Have you ever heard of this one? Can't say I have, no. Good. Don't, don't watch it. (laughs) It's like this weird LGBT love drama that's not well done at all with a guy who's clearly punching above his waist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they cast the guy to be his boyfriend i'm like nah nah there's no way and it's like the church are trying to give them potions to turn straight it's like what even is this one but you know you've got those kind of films that are just in their own pocket of weirdness <laughs> but then you've got ones that are actually very entertaining of course that's what we're going to be talking about today so starting off you have your adaptation films which I feel as if is the low-hanging fruit that we should just throw out the window right now. You know, you've got your video game adaptations with the infamous Uwe Boll films with, I can't even remember what he did, Blood Rain, Alone in the Dark, you know, and then you've got like the Super Mario Brothers film, but then you've got ones like Street Fighter, which are bad, but can be entertaining is it right in saying that there was quite a mix at the time for those kind of films?
1: Street Fighter is one of the ones that I think is pretty good as a bad film you know what I mean it was pretty enjoyable It's funny because some of them you read out are like bad bad and some of them are like good bad I think it does depend but yeah I think definitely being like a licensed thing gives you a bit of a leg up and how ridiculous people are going to find you but saying that I will say the Doom movie starring The Rock was just boring which I think is like the worst criticism you've you can give it any film good or bad but in the case of bad movies that's a death sentence you know what i mean like a bad movie like these video game ones they get ridiculed because it's strayed off the path of whatever it's supposed to be or it's like so cheesy like street fighter but it's just completely lost all meaning but yeah, you do get other ones like doom i think i've seen that film doom now twice and i remember the one scene that everyone remembers from it, which is the first person scene i can't remember anything else about it so yeah most of the time the adaptations are usually a good sign but you can you get a couple that are a bit naff
0: yeah can we just focus on that particular trope of Film being boring as a instant death sentence because I feel as if a lot of the films that we watched for Woeful of Wednesdays and further on, those were the ones that weren't redeemable. Not because, you know, they weren't well shot or anything, but just because they were just pure concentrated dullness and there was no reason for them. You know, it's like you can imagine some poor indie content creator who's saying, Oh, this is my vision of. <laughs> (laughs) don't know, like, for example, one of the worst ones we saw was, and I apologise in advance for this name because it'll probably be something we'll touch on later, but A nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell. That was (laughs) one of the worst films I've seen, I would say, and again, it mixes all of the bad tropes together. You know, it deals with unwanted assault, unwanted nudity, unwanted bad effects, and most Most of all, it's just flat out boring. You know, it's just you sit there thinking, when is this going to end? And then when it ends, you're like, I mean, that was just... But the worst one, and I feel as if, we have been joking about this since the podcast began, but I feel as if we need to briefly touch on it, so I'm looking at the Red Panda lawyer, he has advised me that he will pay your therapy bills after this episode. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't want to talk about this, man, I don't don't want to, I might hang up. We've got to talk about Turkish Star Wars for at least two minutes and counting. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> right start the clock so turkish star wars is the worst war crime in our modern age all i'll say is the court of human rights didn't get back to me when i emailed them about this being an utter crime against humanity it is one of those films that everybody said and even you said this that people online say oh it's amazing it's one of these so bad it's good films it's so over the top and so silly and then we watched it as a group and even watching it as a group usually that. Has some kind of defense against a bad film,
1: but uh, that did not help at all, did it? It was easily the most tragic thing I've ever seen. What's quite funny is like there's clips of it on YouTube, I think that's where people get their brain tuned into it is like on YouTube it's distilled into like a two minute clip and it's really funny because the actual the high moments of that film were pretty good, but it was just terrible. I think it was really long as well. I think it was like two and a half hours or something. After the film ended, we all just kind of like left in silence. <laughs> And I um I laid on my floor, just staring at the <laughs> ceiling for about twenty minutes. You didn't even see us out though. No, that I was didn't. The no, thing. I was you like... just
0: lay on the floor and see yourself <laughs> out.
1: And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, Craig, are you sure you're okay? You're just like, "Go, be gone." It was amazing that we all didn't just dissolve as a friend group after that from being totally real. It was honestly one of the the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> I hope to never talk about it really ever again because you've got four seconds left until this two minutes is up. Because
0: just briefly summarising like why this film is bad is basically the hook of it is it's some guy probably from Turkey, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put my Sherlock hat on here and say he's probably from Turkey and he does this thing where he interjects Star Wars footage with his own footage and I have to say that's not the first time we saw that because there was another a weird film we watched whose name is escaping me but that had a similar thing of it was so long and boring where half of the film was these ninjas fighting one another and this ninja clad in like black or red robes and everything and he had a sword that kept getting progressively redder the more ninjas he killed but then the other half of the film was this either, I don't know if it was like a Chinese slice of life film <laughs> or something <laughs> but what they had done was they had dubbed over it and they had just (laughs) made this completely different film. Then at the end they intersected the two when he put himself in this terrible green screen and it was like, Jim, tell me how to defeat the evil ninja. And that guy is like, oh, I can't fight with you. Here's a scroll that my granddad gave me or something. And it was like, none of it matched up. It was two completely, clearly different films. Yet they tried to weave it together. Scorsese, who's he? You know, compared in this film.
1: <laughs> it was just weird, was it? Do you actually remember that film? Yeah, I-, I wanted to call it Gordon the Ninja, but I actually think it's called, like, Ninja Dragon or something. Yeah,
0: it was. It was, like, some really dumb, generic name. No offence to the Gordons and <laughs> the Larson of film, but you know <laughs> that way when you want a hero, you want something dramatic and over-the-top. You know, you don't want, Go- well, I suppose Flash Gordon, but even then, Gordon? He's like the grumpy one out of Thomas the Tank for God's sake. <laughs> that That is definitely one of the things that kills a bad film, I would say. I mean, there's loads of films like that, but weirdly enough, one other negative trope I want to bring up, and I want your opinion on this, is the idea of a bad film being too self-aware. Yes. Two examples off the top of my head I can think of here is Birdemic 2, which Birdemic 1 is stupid. It's over the top, it's not great, but you can still laugh at it. But then in Birdemic 2, James Nguyen, who is the director of this quote-unquote romantic thriller, I think he called it or tried to trademark, but he used all of the jokes from the last film. He was doing it intentionally, so it just it does not work at all. I think another one that you brought up was Samurai Cop 2. Did that not do
1: it? Yeah, Samurai Cop 2 is pretty much the same as you're, what you were describing there for Birdemic, is when they're in on the joke, it's not as funny. Kind of like, this will be both in the positive and the negative thing but for me like a good bad movie needs to be like well intentioned. They have to have been trying to make something good and it happens to be funny. If they're trying to make something funny and it's usually bad, one of the best sort of examples of that when you're watching a bad movie is it's really hard to watch a good bad movie that's a comedy because bad humour is just not funny. If that makes sense, it's much harder to laugh at a bad comedy because it's usually just not funny than it is to laugh at like a bad action film because it's usually unintentionally funny. Yeah, the sequel bait, the intentionally made movies but always a tough watch I think so in other words insert any Rob Schneider film in here
0: which is a whole other genre (laughs) in itself but I mean going back to ones like Birdemic Samurai Cop I mean they are ones that are bad objectively they are bad films but they swing back around again to being so entertaining that you can't help but laugh at it and I'm curious to hear what you think about this but do you think with the advent of of reviews of films like the room that bad movie watching kind of got popularized i mean between that and as you said red letter media do you think that's when it started getting popularized in the
1: mainstream yeah i think so there was what was it called mystery science theater back in sort of the 90s that kind of did it but that kind of internet swell of it, i think was red letter media was a lot of them Response when you're things like the room where effectively that film became obviously you've always had cult films but it's so bonkers for a film that's so bad to make much money and it's only been possible because of it sort of being rediscovered so to speak same with things like samurai cop as well i definitely think yeah red letter media have a lot to answer to in terms of years of our life taken off of
0: us it's like on the one hand we did get all those hilarious exposures to these films but on the other side yeah they made us watch turkish (laughs) star (laughs) wars So I'm not saying they should be before a court, but what I'm saying is they should be before a court. But yeah, I feel as if a good, bad film is one that is exaggerated in what it's trying to achieve. Because what was the film, and you'll know this better than me, but the one where it was a frog telling a woman to shut her hole, quote unquote, <laughs> and it was like this weird Mad Max apocalyptic film.
1: <laughs> uh, that would be Hell Comes to Frog Towns. Starring fashion wrestler Rowdy Roddy Piper. That is the one. Yeah. A classic for the <laughs> <age>. <laughs> Classic pages. I think a, a market of a film user being bad up until like 2018 was having a wrestler on it. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Up until, like, John Cena and Batista come through. It's usually a pretty bad mark they wrestle it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect time to talk about a certain Hulk of the Hogan mm. kind.
1: Mm. The greatest of all wrestlers. <laughs> you know,
0: we have so many. We've got, was it three ninjas? He did. It was, yep. I, didn't. I don't know if he did surf ninjas. There was a lot of ninja <laughs> films back in the 80s and 90s. We had Suburban Commando, which was both excellent and baffling. <laughs> We also had Santa with muscles, which again super strange but just so entertaining. <laughs> but I feel as if if you see Hulk Gogan, you're in for like a classically entertainingly bad time. Yes. You see that handlebar moustache and you know it's over. You just start crossing <laughs> yourself. But you're completely right though. The flip side of that though I mean wrestlers obviously make their living in the ring doing these action stunts whereas you get people on the other side whose job it is to be action stars. Some of them don't live up as much as others. A particular fellow that I'm thinking of right now is one of the Seagal variety. Oh, yes. Mr. Steven Seagal.
1: <laughs> oh okay you're just gonna I thought you were I thought you were trying to be like coy there like mm, Seagal <laughs> oh no Steven Seagal yep on the one hand
0: I really want to talk about this but on the other hand I'm afraid he'll come to my house and beat me up <laughs> I'll be like wow Steven Seagal just do his aura manipulation that's
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just it's the world's slowest punches
0: man. <laughs> one of the worst films I've seen of his was this really weird FBI drama I don't know if I've told you about this It was like this FBI agent that I could so looks like, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's this kind of relatively podgy guy that looks like Sam from Lord of the Rings. And he <laughs> runs around and people are saying to him, this guy you're hunting doesn't exist. And it's obviously Steven Seagal, who in a rare instance is the antagonist in this film. But then in the end, he has a fist fight with him and you're like, so was he real? Was he not real? And it's not like this <laughs> kind of inception mind-bending. Oh, what did you think? I'm like, no, what the hell was <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean You've also got His take on Taken No pun intended yep. You've got Under Siege 2 Which we spent A whole night Trying to
1: figure out The geography Of this one train car I do want to talk About Under Siege 2 Please do It has one of my Favourite action sequences In it ever And it's the final fight Which admittedly Final fights are always Hard to do But it's him and the big bad And they're alone In the train carriage Finally And Steven Seagal's Just you know Kung fu or you know, whatever Whatever martial art He knows Attacking the guy with her. And what they did y- you notice. It instantly that something's not right. Yeah. And it's what they've done is they sped it up to make him look faster in the fight scenes because obviously he's just moving at a snail's pace, but they've sped it up so he's like, oh look how fast these punches are. It's brilliantly funny. I don't know why they didn't just use a stunt double. You know what I mean? I just have one throw punches for him because Mario was obviously tired. And then <laughs> <laughs> they sped up the footage afterwards and it's so good it looks so hokey it's a great film oh come on Craig
0: I don't want to get sued by anyone on here
1: like <laughs> about-
0: I got emotional damage by listening to a chat tsunami recommendation <laughs> Under Siege 2 go see it it's like no for legal reasons it's a joke
1: watch the fight scene at the end on YouTube
0: yeah pretty much yeah don't watch anything else just watch the scene with the guy oh no it's Robocop do you know what's a weird thing it's this Mandela effect I've got I always think you know when he falls off the train at the end of this explosion. Yep. For some reason, I keep thinking he's the guy where his arms get longer for no reason. But that's Robocop and I don't <laughs> know why <laughs> yeah, I keep getting them mixed up. And then I watch Die Hard and I'm like why is his arms not getting longer? <laughs> and I'm like, it's not. Die Hard is Robocop, <laughs> damn it. But there is one particular genre of bad films that are so good that I want to draw your attention to. That, of course, being the Nicolas Cage variety, which are so goofy and over the top that they are just mwah, just chef kiss absolutely masterpieces of
1: cinema aren't they I mean the Wicker Man remake I think has been our favourite one that was incredible just having running about an old town punching people in the face in a bear suit in a bear suit he dies at the end it's, sorry spoilers oh, I who's gonna
0: watch one. Wicker Man
1: <laughs> <laughs> it did come out in like 2004
0: or something I bet you there are people out there who watch it and you know they get to the not the bees scene and then they just turn it off and go what a great film I wonder we got out of that one <laughs> we'll never know ironically enough I think that's how the original one ends but it's obviously more serious I mean the him getting burned alive in the wicker tower not him with yeah. the bees
1: <laughs> the thing is it, uh, that's actually a pretty good ending yeah. if it wasn't for him screaming <laughs> before it
0: yeah with his Nicholas Cage-isms
1: not the bees oh
0: Oh, I love it so much. Because one of the ones, I don't even know if this can be considered as like a bad film. Like it's bad, but it's actually growing on me as one of my favourite bad films, Willy's Wonderland. Have you seen this one? I have not. Oh, watch it. You will not regret it. It's basically about Nicolas Cage, who he is mute, ironically enough, he is mute throughout the entire film. He breaks down in the middle of nowhere and to pay for his car getting fixed, they say, oh, go into this Chuck E. Cheese-esque place, you know, like five nights, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, surprise, the animatronics are alive and he has to fight his way out. But half of the film is your stereotypical dumb teens going into this place getting picked off one by one the other half is Nicolas Cage fighting these animatronics and it is the coolest (laughs) thing ever. It's one of those films that genuinely it was like the first time I watched The Raid it just made me happy (laughs) I was like this is sick I love it. 10 out of 10 well not 10 out of 10 but you know in terms of bad films, I I would wholeheartedly recommend it but I mean he has done so
1: many. I mean you've got your face offs. I think it's how even good films with him and it loop round and become kind of stinky because he's in yeah. it you know what I mean like, I watched Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent recently oh, so good. and that's just like it's terrible but it's so good <laughs> <laughs> but it's perfect in every way
0: I never knew that I wanted a film with Pedro Pascal and
1: Nick Cage but <laughs> it was everything I wanted and more <laughs> I didn't know I wanted a film where Nicolas Cage <laughs> gave up acting and just played himself and it was still incredible he's just top notch
0: the only thing I would dock at a point for is I saw the memes on TikTok and things before I actually saw the film you know the exact meme I'm talking about where they look at one another yeah and they're smiling and it's that song it's like make your own kind of music and Pedro Pascal's like smiling and that Cage is just like <laughs> looking as if he's yeah. done that song is not in the film the scene is obviously but that yep. song isn't I had a moment literally but I was in the water stones with a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> and that song came on and she looked at me with a Nick Cage face and I looked at her with a Pedro Pascal just so happy but one of the other films that I want to bring attention to quickly is a film that you and I have said is a great film and it's that blend of people who are either film students or again indie creators that make their own films and whether it's a fan film or it's their own particular project one of the ones that always has stood out to me as space trucker bruce i actually remember this was one of the earlier ones that we watched in Wolf of
1: wednesdays and it was so good surprisingly so there was a list for Wolf of wednesdays of like what well, i rated all the films and we, we, we tried to put them in a, some kind of order and there was a couple that we watched that didn't belong on the list i don't think it belonged on the list because it was unironically a brilliant film but basically it was like this guy made his own sci-fi film for like ten thousand dollars over the course of like six years like just a passion project of this guy and it was really 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 good it was like really heartfelt really funny it was a blast and we we went in expecting to kind of laugh at it and then by the end we were like it took us along for the journey we were completely in the wrong to ever expect it to be bad. I'm going to go as far as saying it's probably one of the better films I've ever seen in the sense of I was expecting so little and so for it to blow me away like that it was like a complete 180. It was probably one of my favourite finds that we found in the entire time we did it. Yeah space trucker Bruce No it is and see when you get a film that is
0: just made with such love and passion for it because it is something that you see it attempted going back to Bardemic you see this guy who really wanted to make a love story but instead he got them to run into places, shoved a camera in their face and then ran out again because he wasn't allowed to film there you've got The Room which what I will say in defence of The Room is it's one of those films that is shot really well, like the cinematography is actually very very competent and i don't know if it's just because it's something that we are not used to watching bad films because that is something as well that does make a good bad film if it's shot competently there's that infamous scene in taken three where there's like 20 cuts of liam neeson jumping over a fence That will never not baffle and confuse me to think, why did it take so many cuts just to show you throwing Liam Neeson over a fence? But yeah, I feel as if cinematography definitely is one of those things. But in terms of passion, mm, nah, I wouldn't say it's great. But one of the tropes that I do think is quite bad, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, is someone trying to twist an original story into their vision, but just utterly mess it up. Taking a family friendly icon, for example Silent Night Deadly Night sure. and then turning Santa into a killer which obviously Silent Night Deadly Night probably wasn't the first. There was one of but definitely not the first or you had Blood and Honey for Winnie the Pooh or you had Slender Man haha for legal reasons that's a joke but you know you have all these films trying to be avant-garde oh look it's a new twist on the story but
1: they never do it right. I think as well the joke's done when- gone you know what i mean like that's i think that's the yeah. problem with these kind of films it's like aha look santa's a murderer that's a pretty funny four panel comic and especially when they go for like the horror or the shock value i think it's much harder to do that kind of story and obviously there has been thousands upon thousands of successful films and movies where they've taken something and twisted it out of context but typically these shocky horror films it's usually horror films are like action and yet the joke could have been a piece of paper you know what I mean? that's usually what happens it's like oh isn't it funny that one of the Pooh is violent yeah i guess that's pretty funny and then you have to sit for another hour and a half
0: <laughs> One of the other ones not really an adaptation as such but one of the ones that I noted down was Baby Geniuses <laughs> Have you ever seen that film? Yes. I remember watching it when I was younger and I feel as if my fight or flight instinct has kicked in where I've just repressed 90% of the film but there's just some slivers that come through every now and then where it's like, hey remember when they CGI'd a baby dancing to Night Fever even though it was made in the 90s or where they had a really creepy scene between a baby and a homeless person. You're like, what was that film? But again, it's that idea that they've thought, oh, what would happen if, you know, babies could talk? What would they say? And it's like, we've already got that adaptation. that's called The Bloody Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> they've just done it worse. Or uh, I suppose then you go into things like Howard the Duck territory, where it's like, what would happen? And I know that's based off the comic and everything, but it's like, what would happen if
1: we had a foul mouthed duck? And what would happen if. Gary Busey was hit by a car and turned into a dog.
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> That's a real oh. film. For those of you who don't know, that is a real film. What was that called? Do you remember? It was called. I actually was Googling it to say it's called Quigley.
0: Oh. <laughs> forgot about that
1: that's another one i've repressed
0: because it's the weirdest and most disturbing film i think i've watched in my life where as you said he gets hit by a car he turns into a dog for some reason yes but the dog is like jumping up on children's laps and everything looking
1: people's faces
0: yeah and he's got a collar when he turns back to human (laughs) and it's supposed to be this oh endearing no family friendly adventure and i'm like this isn't fun (laughs) This is horrible. No, just stop making Gary Busey <laughs> whimsical. This isn't going to work, guys. It's on YouTube. Is it actually? It's actually. You need to know, yeah. For legal reasons, the views expressed tonight by Craigy C do not represent the entire <laughs> Chatswood <in the> <laughs> community. I will be issuing a cease and desist after. This. You see what you can. The damage is done. <laughs> <laughs> You're upset. <I'm> Craigly's <laughs> back out. There's just so many films You just sit there and you think, why? And I think as well that is definitely a thing that differentiates it's a good bad film from a bad film. If you have things like Samurai Cop or Kung Fury or something like that, where they go out to parody a particular genre, and again, it's debatable, as you said, putting it on the list, but like with Space Trucker Bruce, they wanted to make a love letter to these sci-fi films. But then you get films like Bone Alone, where it's literally just home alone with dogs. And I've got to ask the question,
1: why? Who hurt you and why? This is one that we do see a lot of, isn't it? It's dog- Related ones, obviously Quigley, Bone Alone, Cats and Dogs, Cats and Dogs, Mania, which was a Jack Russell that became a wrestler, Santa Paws, Santa Claus, various sort of jokes on that. Air, obviously, all, all the Airbuds. I think dogs just sell well, maybe, and that's why people think they can make an, it. It would be easy to make a
0: film with a dog in it. Well, there's also cat films as well. You know, I know they kind of go hand in hand, or paw and paw. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't say you came to Chats and Army for the high grade quality jokes, <laughs> but I mean there was one that they did for... Do you remember Grumpy Cat? Oh, uh, yep. yeah. Yeah, apparently they made a film of Grumpy Cat. The only exposure I've had to it was watching someone else review it, because I thought, you know what? Life's too short. I'd rather watch this 10 or 20 minute video recapping it rather than me going in and watching it blind. But there's actually a scene where they show them euthanizing Grumpy what? Cat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, they put like a gas mask over them and it's it like, is. oh, I'll go to bed. And you're like, right, there's no purpose there. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> there was no thought, they just thought, we've got Grumpy Cat. And I know again that's low-hanging fruit as well if we go into internet based films. You know, you've got your smosh movie and things like that. And I think there was that smiley film where they tried to make memes the right thing. <laughs> Which you don't have to tell me twice. I'm on TikTok. I'm already threatened by Gen Z memes when I don't understand them. I'm like, why is there a hot dog dancing? I don't get it. Or oh, you don't get the rich intricacies, <laughs> but you know you get the ones like Slender Man. Or something really weird one recently. It was a Spanish one called like the Killer Book Club. I think I've just resigned myself to the fact that I just don't like horror films. Not because they scare me, but most of them are just so bad. Especially Slender Man. Do not waste your time. It's not. Even a haha so bad it's good film. It's just this girl. I slept and then I woke up and nothing had happened except some lassie was screaming because oh no the slender man. Which I don't get how you can be so scared about someone with such an immaculate suit. That's the scary thing is like how he keeps it so immaculate. Exactly. I mean these try clothing bills must be doing it. <laughs> That's the <a> real terror. <laughs> Financial debt of Slenderman. Someone make that into a film. I don't care if it's like a James Cameron five hour cut and IMAX. I want to feel the steam. Oppenheimer adjacent.
1: <laughs> just him sitting looking at his tax returns for like three hours. And just explosions in between. Them. <laughs> two out of ten, too much talking. Yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say Logan Paul walks out two minutes in. <laughs>
0: Before we wrap up though, would you say there's anything else that differentiates the
1: gold standard of bad films from just regular guff? I think we, we've kind of touched on it, and I think it has to be like a passion project. I think that's what makes them good. We mentioned Samurai Cop, but that was like a love letter to action movies. My guy doesn't understand how to make action films. The Room, obviously, it was his passion. I know he's tried to disown it later, the director time was over, oh, but that was a passion project as well. Yeah, You can tell the films, a lot of them that we did watch for the movie club, and a lot of them were bad because they were just cash grabs like Ice Pirates. Like Ice Pirates. <laughs> but some of them were pretty good, and even the ones that were kind of cash grabs usually had someone in it whether it was an actor whether it was someone doing the effects someone was going mental for this film you know what I mean a lot of people lose a lot of money in these films just because they're so passionate about it I think like, that's what separates a good bad film from a bad bad film is that level of just passion, creativity stupidity I guess love makes people blind and I guess when you love your own projects you can't see how bad they are <laughs> and that's what
0: makes it so good yeah that would
1: kind of be my conclusion to all
0: no I couldn't have said it better myself to be honest <laughs> no you're completely right it is one of those fine lines that on the one hand most of these films that we've put in this list I don't think they go out to be bad films. Like there's some films that are so bad and they try to be bad like that Is it Film 42 or something like that? Film something?
1: Or Film 43? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about it was Movie 43
0: Yeah Movie
1: 43 was
0: like Hugh Jackman and all of these like A-list celebrities it was just awful script writing, it was like awful jokes and things. Just because so like, oh, haha, wouldn't it be funny if we did this or we did that? And if you're going to go into purposely trying to make a bad film, it's like if you and I came in and made a purposely bad podcast or a bad Let's Play or something, you know, people are going to know. They're going to easily pick up because as much as you know, I weep for humanity when I see the next Transformer song come out, people aren't stupid. They'll know when a film is bad. They might still consume it and rinse and repeat. Just ask Pokemon fans. For legal reasons since that's another joke but yeah if you're trying to create something either out of love or out of yeah just genuine passion that is going to shine through unlike Sharknado which I have to admit I haven't watched but I'm going to be honest now they're on what
1: Sharknado
0: 20 or something
1: What's worth the Sharknado? I, don't, I, don't, I know we've kind of just believed it but real yeah. quick on all the Asylum monster movies is I do believe there's someone in that studio that loves monster movies and they are just terrible but it's because they are monster movies and I think monster movies are all their own special category because they're hard to be good but I do think there are people who do genuinely enjoy making the Sharknado films I think I think there's a sick enjoyment of people that make them
0: yeah there is that pocket of people who are big monster movie fans. For example when you and I watched Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and that was just so bad but it was just so entertaining that it didn't really matter, did it? Whether it was a bad film or not. Like especially with the effects and everything and the same for all of these hokey monster films.
1: Yeah and I think things like Godzilla versus King Ghidorah well, that was pretty high budget which is I think a big plus because again that was like someone's passion project. Godzilla is it's like a passion project for maybe that's like a film that's maybe we want to work on so like that's what makes those films so good like monster movies I think do get a bad rap but they're also usually a pretty good gold mine for this stuff so at the end of the day if you're looking for a bad film feel free to check
0: out some of the ones I've mentioned we have actually also reviewed and talked about some of these bad films as I said we did a great watch along with Godzilla vs King Ghidorah. we also did Japanese Spider-Man as well which is arguably on the same level Adam and I talked About Bone Alone and Silent Night Deadly Night. One of the films we should actually talk about is Santa with Muscles. Let's do
1: it. I'd be thrilled.
0: Yeah, because I feel as if it's one of those films that I've yet to talk about, and I feel as if I'm in a safe space. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you feel that way. But I mean, between that, the amount of Hulk Hogan films, Samurai Cop, maybe not Bardemic, that's kind of a hit or a miss. You know, you've got Wally's Wonderland, as I said. To be honest, those kind of films are so bad, but so entertaining. Just go on at your own discretion. And if you hate it, we are not to blame. I don't know what a chat tsunami is, do you? Um, no. No. <laughs> and at the end of the day, not taking responsibility is what I do best. And on that <laughs> note, And yeah,
1: on that note, Craig, thank you so much for... Coming on tonight My pleasure I think I'm away to go watch The 1981 American action movie Where they filmed it In an actual safari park And a lot of people got hurt Called Raw. So I'll chat to you later
0: Did they actually? Well, fun times I've got it on Blu-ray Okay, I am just Going to prepare the car To come over <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the snacks And everything I'll be right Woo! over But as I'm driving over If you want to listen to More of our episodes While I'm away You can check out our website Chatsanami.com As well as All Good Podcast app just look for the Red Panda under the name Chatsunami, and we'll see you there. I also want to give a huge shout out to our Pandalorian patrons, Robotic Battletoaster and Sonia. Thank you so, so much for supporting the channel. But until then, stay safe, stay awesome, stay hydrated, and for legal reasons, this episode has been a joke. <laughs> Steven Seagal, please don't come for us. Welcome to Chatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Tsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunami, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated.
1: You know all those enthusiastic international film
0: podcasts? Yeah, this isn't one of those. Welcome to Review It Yourself, the podcast with the sigh. Film reviews with no politics, no pandering, and absolutely no point no wacky intros no segments no blaring music just a rather pessimistic englishman talking about films with a guest you can tell why no one's listening can't you